It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, back at it again here on the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council, and I'm happy to be back with you today. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And by the way, not really sure what happened, but I did see on Wednesday's show that some people had issues with iTunes, with Apple. I also had the same issues if you were subscribed to it. For whatever reason, wasn't downloading directly to your phone, but you can click on the link and still find it. The link I always tweet out, so make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. But also make sure to go out there and find and follow the podcast on Spotify, on the new Odyssey app, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts. We're everywhere, so anytime there's any issues with a platform, whether it's Apple or Spotify, you can go find the podcast on all the other places where it can be found, which is the cool thing about Locked on Panthers. Also, the cool thing about Locked on Panthers is... It's me, every day, Monday through Friday, talking about your team every day. The Carolina Panthers going to be doing that again today. Um, Also, someone had asked me about this. Maybe they're tired of hearing me talk all the time, which I kind of understand, especially if you listen every day, but more so joking. Uh, They asked me about having guests on the podcast. I am planning on having some guests, hopefully next week, uh, prior to the NFL draft, since it is draft week. We have a bunch of dudes. I talked to you about who hosts the NFL Draft Podcast and Draft Dudes. Hoping to be able to find maybe one or two of them to come on the show. Give you an even more in-depth outlook of the Carolina Panthers draft. I've already said it. I'm not a huge draft guy at all. I talk about this because really this is what's going on in the NFL right now. And when you talk about the Panthers every day, you got to talk about the draft. Because that's what people want to hear about. And I am interested by some of this stuff. But honestly, like when I saw the Eagles head coach, Nick Sirianni, whatever his last name is, saying that he was playing rock, paper, scissors, shoots with um, prospects to figure out how they were competitive. That's the kind of stuff where I'm like, wow, what are we really even doing here when it comes to the NFL draft? So hoping to have those guys come on the show and hoping to have guests moving forward. Actually, I was going to have someone to talk about Daquan Jones being signed by the Carolina Panthers, but because of the Adam Schefter news, I decided not to do that and move on to something else. So I will have guests coming up on the shows in the future. So something to look out for as I'm still getting my footing here. And I also just want to thank a lot of you guys for the support so far. Um, we get a weekly newsletter that tells us kind of how our shows are doing. And like my second week of the show was the highest amount of downloads, highest listens that we've ever had on Locked on Panthers. So previous guys who hosted, no offense to them, but apparently like that, you guys have helped this really. It's about you guys. You've started listening to the show. We've had the highest that we've ever had. I mean, we're up year to year, and I've only been doing this now, I think, my fourth week. So thank you for the support. I'm hoping that you enjoy the podcast. And if you ever have any questions, please, again, tweet at me at Julian Council. Mailbag coming up on Friday. Going to be doing it weekly. Probably not next week because that's going to be the day after the first round. 
but still throughout the offseason and probably throughout the season going to be doing at least a weekly mailbag. Right now we're going to be doing it on Fridays. Might change it to like some other time when we get in season, but right now going to be doing it every Friday. Okay, so to actually get to the content of the show, outside of all the other stuff, um, today going to talk even more about what I talked about yesterday with Adam Schefter reporting the Carolina Panthers have had conversations with other teams about potentially trading back at, from eight. It's important because we can look back at Scott Fitterer's time in Seattle and why they move back a lot of times and how that might factor in what Carolina wants to do at eight. Also, Dan Graziano had a pretty interesting article when it comes to first-round pick success rate in the NFL. And there's one position in particular that I've been harping on that actually really got a nice boost based off of this Graziano ESPN.com article. So I'm going to talk about that first-round pick success rate and really where the Carolina Panthers should go based off of the history and the research that the ESPN Stats and Information Department put together. But first, let's talk about Justin Fields and the Carolina Panthers. Talked about yesterday with Adam Schefter, reported the Carolina Panthers were having conversations with teams about potentially trading back that they could leave eight. That was quote tweeted by the Athletics' Joe Person, who covers Carolina Panthers, been around for a while, used to cover for the Observer, so Joe is plugged in. He tweeted out that a source was telling him that the Carolina Panthers were intrigued by Justin Fields, potentially if he's sitting there at number eight overall. I've made it known that I believe Justin Fields is the second best quarterback in this draft, just based off of what I've seen. And yes, I've mainly seen Clemson, Ohio State play football. But those are two teams that play against the big boys all the time. And if you go back and look what Justin Fields did to Clemson in the national semifinal in the college football playoff, I don't see how there's any case for Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, or Trey Lance to go ahead of him. To torch that Brent Venables defense in the manner that he did. Something that no one has done. Seriously. Since Brent Venables has been at Clemson, no player has had that kind of game against Clemson like Justin Fields had that day. Joe Burrow, yeah, he was pretty damn good in the National Championship game. So outside of those two guys, and Joe Burrow looked pretty good last year for Cincinnati, despite not having great receivers and terrible offensive line and tearing his ACL, he looked pretty good. So if we're going to base it off of how, I mean, and Justin Fields didn't have the same season, the Heisman Trophy winning season that Joe Burrow had. And he was never going to have that season based off of the fact they were only going to play six games because of the pandemic. But still, just comparing what two dudes did who are going to be first-round picks. One of them already number one overall with Cincinnati, and another one who's going to be a first-round pick. What he did against Clemson and that defense, I don't see how you can tell me Zach Wilson, who didn't play against anybody this past year, and the last time you played against an actual schedule with Pac-12 teams, he was had 11 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. You can't convince me he's better than Justin Fields. Trey Lance, 17 games in the FCS. I don't know. Sure, he has the raw measurables and all that, the arm talent. Sure. But he played against FCS opponents. Never played against even a Wyoming, which is a group of five team. He never played against uh, freaking a Kansas, which is an FBS team, barely. Never played against any of that kind of level of talent. Never played against an, a big-time Power 5 program. So I don't know how good he's going to be. It's going to take some time for me. Like He hasn't played enough football for me to be ready to draft that guy that early, even if he's sitting out. And Mac Jones had a great season for Alabama, Heisman Trophy Finals, national champion. I'm not going to take anything away from, from how well he played. But I'm just not convinced. You put any quarterback in that system at Alabama, and they've all had success. Now, have they had that? Has that translated to the NFL? 
Not necessarily, but I'm not going to sit here and say that Matt Jones can't see, succeed in the NFL because other quarterbacks from Alabama hasn't had success. The same way I'm not going to sit here and say just because Cardale Jones and Dwayne Haskins didn't have great success in the NFL, so far at least for Haskins, if he gets back in the league, then that's not to say that Justin Fields is not going to have success. So if he's sitting there at eight for the Carolina Panthers – I've already said it. Like, I don't think it makes a ton of sense. Like, I'm not, I don't like the idea of you traded for Sam Darnold and then you drafted a quarterback a couple weeks later. Because, like I said on the podcast on Wednesday, why would you just throw away these picks? Like, why could you not just wait? It wasn't like there was people banging down the Jets' door just desperate for Sam Darnold. No one was desperate for Sam Darnold. The Carolina Panthers were bidding against themselves. They could have waited to draft night. When the Jets went out and drafted Zach Wilson, when they had played all their cards, it's it's obvious right now. It was already obvious before they even traded for Sam Darnold that the Jets were taking Zach Wilson. They could have waited for that number of picks to go down. Initially, it was a fourth rounder that they asked to give to New York. And it went all up to a second and fourth in 2022. And then a six-round compensatory pick, which you can say a throwaway pick, but still. This is a general manager, Scott Fitterer who, if you look back at the time in Seattle, which we're going to get into, he comes from an organization that values picks, especially later on in the draft. So let's not just say those are throwaway picks. I don't really like the idea of Sam Darnold coming here and the Panthers are throwing away a second and fourth rounder. Now, yes, they could potentially recoup them in the draft coming up, but it is annoying that you'd have to trade back, basically, to go get back the inventory that you traded away for a quarterback who might not even be in your plans long-term if you go out there and draft a quarterback at eight in Justin Fields. So... If he's there, I'm not, again, I'm not on board. I'm not necessarily on board with it. I'm not going to say I'm going to hate the idea of it. I just hate the idea that the Carolina Panthers would have thrown away picks and then gone out and drafted the quarterback. Like, I like Justin Fields. And there was news that came out on Wednesday afternoon from Ian Rappaport that Justin Fields has confirmed to NFL teams during the pre-draft process that he is managing epilepsy, a neurological disorder that can cause seizures, that's for him and Tom Palacero. It has not affected football, and doctors believe will outgrow it, as other people in his family have. Alan Fanica, by the way, quote tweeted and said, If I did it, so can Justin Fields, and so can anyone else. It's part of us, but it does not define us. Alan Fanica, by the way, formerly the Pittsburgh Steelers, played 13 seasons in the NFL, won a Super Bowl, six-time first-team All-Pro, and by the way, he's in the Hall of Fame. So... I'm not too concerned about that when it comes to Justin Fields. But it would be interesting to see what happens if he is there at eight. Like, seriously. I, I, I'm i not going to hate it because I think he's the second-best quarterback out here and I'm not a firm believer in Sam Darnold. Like, I'm coming more around to it. It's still just going to frustrate the hell to me that this team is basically just throwing darts at the dartboard trying to figure out which quarterback is going to work out for them. Because let's see if Teddy Bridgewater is even on the roster by next Thursday. Like, if you have Bridgewater and Darnold and – Fields basically on the roster after next draft night. I'm going to be very confused about what exactly Scott Fitterer and the Carolina Panthers are doing. And to try and understand more about Scott Fitterer and the Carolina Panthers and what they might be doing at eight and going off of what Adam Schefter reported on Tuesday with the Panthers talking teams about potentially trading back from the eighth overall pick, we need to look back at Scott Fitterer's time in Seattle and what he learned from John Snyder and how John Snyder, the general manager of the Seattle Seahawks, operated in the draft. So we're going to do that in just a moment. But first, I've been telling you guys about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. 
Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for, for pre- and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch the live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. Okay, as I've been talking about, Adam Schefter reported on Tuesday that the Carolina Panthers have had conversation with teams about potentially trading back in the draft from pick number eight. So Scott Fitter, we know he spent 20 years in Seattle. They are known for always trading back out of the first round and not necessarily trying to accumulate as many picks as possible. So I went in and tried to do a little deep dive on John Snyder and Seattle and kind of their philosophy when it comes to the draft. So, since John Snyder became the GM in Seattle back in 2010, he has had only a top 10 pick one single time in that 2010 draft where he took former Carolina Panther and who I've affectionately known as the rent-to-tackle, Russell Okung. Actually worked out for him in year three, became a pro bowler, and Okung became a pretty good left tackle in the NFL, where now at this point in time his career looks like he's probably headed towards retirement with a boatload of Bitcoin. Good for him. It wasn't until after the Super Bowl in 2014 where the first time they traded out of the first round. Then in 2014, he traded twice out and added extra picks, and the Seahawks didn't make their first selection until choosing receiver Paul Richardson at pick number 45 overall, which actually kind of worked out for Seattle in his time in Seattle. Then went to Washington, didn't really work out there with the team formerly known as the Redskins. Then in 2016, they traded out again where Seattle shipped the number 26 overall pick to Denver for pick 31 and a third-round selection, which turned into tight end Nick Fanette. The Broncos moved to draft Paxton Lynch, which, as we know, did not work out for them, while the Seahawks still landed offensive line help by selecting Jermaine Effetti, who's now a New York Jet, and kind of was up and down in Seattle, but he did start 60 games in four seasons with the team. So they got their offensive linemen. So there's a little insight into kind of what they did in Seattle in those two times when they traded out of the first round. Again, only one time did they have a top 10 pick in his time in Seattle under John Snyder. That is um, Scott Fitter when he was working under John Snyder since 2010. Only one time did they have a top 10 pick. So Seattle typically has been outside of 
the top 10. They've been in the late 20s because they've been a winning organization. They've been to Super Bowls. They won a Super Bowl. So I can understand a lot of times why they traded out. And I've said, and I've brought up this quote a lot, and I went back and found it today, that in Seattle, and this is Scott Fitter talking at his introductory press conference where he said this, in Seattle, we've historically picked in the mid-20s to late-20s for the last 10 years. When you look at the draft and build the board, there's a certain level of player that stops about 16 or 17 or 18. So, once we're picking at 25 and we know we're not going to get those players we consider are going to come and be impact players, we don't see a big difference between 25 and 40 at that point. So, we can move back, acquire picks, and still get the same caliber player that fits our team. This year is going to be a little bit different. Picking eighth this year, we're in the mix for that kind of player. That gives us the opportunity. We can move up. We can move back. It gives us a lot of flexibility in the draft. It'll be a new adventure and one I'm looking forward to. But if you're not in that top part of the draft, we're going to try and acquire picks. So when I hear Adam Schefter say they're talking to teams about potentially trading back, I'm not necessarily sold on the Carolina Panthers trading out of eight. I brought up that if it's Denver at nine and Carolina decides that they're not going to get a quarterback if all five quarterbacks are gone or a quarterback like Justin Fields who they like is goes to San Francisco and they're not sold on Trey Lance or Mac Jones and they're like, you know what, we're going to build around Sam Darnold, which I think that's what they should do considering what they already gave up for Sam Darnold and that they have a roster where putting in a former number three overall pick would make a lot of sense for why they brought him in here. Give him a chance if you're going to give up those picks for him. So I have a hard time seeing them trading out of eight right now. Again, I've already spoke about it this week on Monday. The unpredictability of this draft, we have no clue what's going to happen. I have no idea. You have no idea. No one has a clue other than, I mean, I don't even think Scott Fitter and Matt Rule know what's going to happen because they have no clue what's going to happen in front of them. They have an idea. We all have an idea, at least of what we think might happen, what we hope might happen, but no one knows what's going to happen, which is the beauty of the draft this year. So if anything, because he talks about between 25 and 40, same caliber player. I am very curious. Pick number 39 overall right there in the second round. Is that kind of tipping off that maybe they might trade out of that? Because I wonder, what, how do they feel between a guy, about a guy who's like from 39 to like 56? Do they feel like that's the same kind of player? Is that his same philosophy? I'm very curious to see how that works out. Seriously. Um, so Scott Fitterer, he might have you trading out of eight. I don't know if he'll be trading out of 39. But expect when they get to the third round, fourth round for the Carolina Panthers to absolutely trade back multiple times and acquire some picks. Especially if they can recoup a fourth rounder from next year's draft that they gave up for Sam Darnold. Because if it ends up only being a compensatory pick this year, then kind of like, all right, whatever. And you get back fourth rounder, so in the end it's only a second round pick. I, I hate that it's a second round pick, but that's something that can make it more palatable if the Carolina Panthers end up due getting a quarterback at eight overall if it's a Justin Fields opposed to if they don't. So we'll see how things work out. But that's just kind of an inside look at Scott Fitter and his time in Seattle and what general manager John Snyder with the Seahawks did when he was there. So the case for drafting an offensive lineman, I think, has been made even stronger by ESPN's Dan Graziano. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But as I've been telling you, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfor, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars for their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y Odyssey. So Dan Graziano, he's an ESPN NFL insider, had an interesting article the other day looking at the history of first-round picks and the percentage of times that they earned a second contract with that team. ESPN Stats and Information, they have data dating back to every first-rounder from 2000 to 2016. That's all 540 of them, and whether or not they made it to the second contract with the team that drafted them. Overall, 232 of the 540 were re-signed by the team that drafted them at the end of the rookie contract. So that's right around 43%. These are first-round picks, not the whole draft. So right there, 232 of 540 first-round picks between 2000 and 2016, only 43% of them were given a second contract with their team. So the study looked at all positions, and when looking at one of these positions, offensive linemen, they seem to be the most likely first-round picks to succeed. Of the 55 offensive tackles taken in the first round between 2000 and 2016, 33 got second contracts with the teams that drafted them. That's 60%. 60. 12 of the 26 first-round guards, 46.2% of them, and 9 of the first-round centers, which is 100% of them, made it as well. So, 60% of the tackles, 46% of the guards, 100% of the centers. So, linebackers also, we keep hearing about how you can't draft the Micah Parsons in the top 10. Linebackers also apparently are a relatively safe pick. Between that same time, 2000 and 2016, linebackers 23 out of 42 of them so 54 percent of them receive second contracts from their team but after that it's not good wide receivers were the lowest rated group in the study of the seven receivers drafted from 2000 to 2016 only 19 made it to a second contract 19 out of 70 and it just came out on wednesday how Devonte smith the heisman trophy winner is what six foot 100 and 60 pounds or something like that. And that's concerning for a lot of teams. And he's been mocked to the Carolina Panthers. He's a fantastic player. I'm going to evaluate what he looked like on film and how he watched the games I watched, but that's a little undersized. The next worst position group to study was defensive tackles. 35% of them only received their contract. And in corner, we keep hearing about Patrick Sertan in the first round, potentially, or maybe JC Horn, if they trade back or Greg Newsom out of Northwestern, 35%. But here's kind of the one thing that I, was, I thought I found interesting from this. The Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys signed a league high 73% of their players between 2000 and 2016 to second contracts. That's 11 out of 15. The next closest were the Carolina Panthers, who signed 11 out of their 16 first round picks. 
So Marty Herney, for as bad as he was, and you can even count Dave Gettleman in that one as well, for as bad as Marty Herney was, up and down he was, we always knew he nailed first-round picks. So actually hearing that is not a surprise at all. But let's get to the quarterbacks, though, because this is the interesting part about it all. There were 45 quarterbacks taken in the 17 drafts from 2000 to 2016. And 19 of those, 42.2% got second contracts in the team that drafted them. That includes MVPs Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, and Cam Newton. It includes Super Bowl champions Eli Manning, Joe Flacco, who's elite, and Ben Roethlisberger. But it also includes Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, who are no longer on their teams. Jared Goff, number one overall. Carson Wentz, number two overall. Both been traded away this offseason. Goff to Detroit, of course. Panthers were trying to get Matt Stafford, but lost out to the Rams in that deal. And Carson Wentz sent over to Indianapolis to be with his former offensive coordinator, now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, Frank Reich. So there's that. But does it matter how high you're picked? Because we keep hearing about how you got to have a top five quarterback. You got to get a quarterback in the top 10. So nine of the 12 quarterbacks taken with the number one overall pick from those drafts all got second contracts. So Jamarcus Russell, Sam Bradford, Jameis Winston, those are the three who didn't. But typically, number one overall pick gets a second contract. Just pointed out Jared Goff, number one overall pick. He did get a second contract with the Rams, but he got traded away. Um, Baker Mayfield, number one overall with the Browns, likely to get a second contract with the Browns. Now, also looking at it, only one of three who were picked number two overall got one, which is Carson Wentz. And only the four who went number three got one. That is Ryan, Matt Ryan, that is in, in um, Atlanta. And Phil Rivers, who was picked number four in 2004, he got one. That's 12 of the 19 overall. So, basically, if your quarterback was either, pretty much, that's 9 out of 19 were number 1 overall picks. And other than that, it was guys who were in top 4 and then outside the top 4. So, only 7 other guys who were not in the top 10 received a second contract. So, essentially, quarterbacks that go number 1 overall, which I don't think that's shocking, are the most successful ones in the last 17 years during the study. So, the guys who went number 1 overall got second contract. That's 9 of them. Then there was... Three other guys right there in the top four who got second contracts. And then everyone else was out of the top four. So you had a better chance of taking a quarterback who was drafted from five until 32 and getting a second contract during that time than you had a quarterback who was drafted between two and four. And Sam Darnold, he doesn't count a part of the study. But if you look at it, he did not receive a second contract from the New York Jets. So all my point is, as I'm just reading off all this information to you, is that drafting a tackle at eight makes a hell of a lot more sense than even drafting a quarterback or drafting a wide receiver or corner. If the Carolina Panthers want to have the safest pick and they want to make sure they have a guy who's going to be on this roster for hopefully a decade at left tackle, if not at least the next eight years alongside Taylor Moten, then they need to draft an offensive tackle. And Dan Graziata basically made my point for me. So I'll link this article. You can go read more of it, but right there letting you know that for the most part, if you take an offensive tackle or if you even take a center, 100% of the time, 6% of the time of offensive tackle between 2000 and 2016, those 17 NFL drafts, they end up earning a second contract with the team that drafted them. So that concludes another episode of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Again, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for your support. As I told you at the top of the show, we've been getting monster numbers compared to where this show was prior to me taking over. And that's because of you guys for listening. Like, I try to give you the best content I have. I hope I'm entertaining. But I, I can not I can be as entertaining as possible. But if you guys don't want to listen to me, it doesn't matter. So I appreciate you all listening to me. Again, make sure to rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. 
Check it out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the new Odyssey app, pretty much everywhere you find your podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. Can have the Friday mailbag going out, so make sure to follow me, tweet at me, DM me, get in those questions as we get closer to the NFL draft. We're going to be hoping to get some guests on next week to break down the draft for you further. So, again, love you all. Appreciate the support. Talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.